Welcome to another episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. This is Amir from Broncos Avenue uh, on Instagram and Twitter, joined by my co-host today to, or tonight. Um, our immediate reaction to uh, the Denver's the Denver Broncos victory against the San Francisco 49ers. They edges the one out 11 to 10. Um, Trayton, uh, overall, um, great defensive showing. Man, this is like arguably. I, I definitely was, can say this with confidence. This is the best defensive showing. Sorry, my voice is like still out from yelling the whole day. We'll talk about how frustrating this offense was uh, the first three quarters of this game. This game. Uh, but this the, this defense, this may have been the best defensive showing I've seen by the Broncos in like the last three years. It was literally that good, even probably three plus years. Like I have not seen the defense play this damn good like excuse my language but holy shit and i'll tell you why this defense obviously we we got josie jewel back he balled out bradley chubb balled out randy gregory balled out bradley chubb nearly had a pick six you know he did give up that big um wheel route to uh kyle uh, hughes but all in all this defense they got the turnovers when they needed they only had one bad drive but besides that when did they let the Niners get into the opponent territory or even um, just like the red zone or anywhere near the scoring position? Never. This defense, easily the best showing I've seen in a long, long time. Um, just wow. Trey, what your your thoughts on this game um, in total? What, what, what good can you take away from this game? Um, well, you know, if we're starting with the positives, yeah, that would be my number one takeaway is this is, this is one of – and I'll even, uh, you know, I'll, I'll one up you on that take. You know, uh, not only in the last three years, I, I think this might be one of the best defensive performances I can remember. Yeah, um, since that awesome, I, mean, I, I saw people talking about how this defense reminds them of the 2015 Broncos. It, it does. Uh, it, it's it's definitely given me those vibes. And uh, yeah, I, I would say that's my number one takeaway. Is the I mean. Ajiro Rivero, I mean, he's a fucking dude. Excuse my language. Dude, but... He's going to get a head coach. Um, I was thinking about this today, and after this game, I feel very confident he's going to get a head coach spot within the next few years. Oh, for for sure. And it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to suck to lose him, but, man, he's a genius. The, uh, the dude is real. Uh, the hype is real, is real mm-hmm. with the defense. Um, you know, I, it just it dominated in every – every way you can on defense, the pass rush, the secondary was locked down. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have a single complaint with the defense, you know, and then, I mean, we, and then we forced turnovers in, in crucial times when we needed them. And, uh, you know, I mean, if it was, I mean, obviously, but I mean, it, if it wasn't for the defense, we wouldn't have even been competitive in this game. Uh, this is a game, another game that we definitely didn't deserve to win, but we did because of the defense. Um, and I mean, I, I you know, I, I, that's got to be my biggest takeaway, and definitely the most pos- uh, positive takeaway from this game is, uh, you know, the defense is here and it's here to stay. Uh, and and you can't say it was Jimmy G. I mean, no matter what way you try to spin it, this is a this is a high powered offense with Jimmy G. This is uh, Kyle. This is Kyle Shanahan's offense. Exactly, and the, uh, yeah. I mean, and he's a schemat. He's a schematical genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
everything about this game, uh, you know, through all three phases, we should have lost. But the defense was so, so dominant that we had a chance in this game. And luckily, we held out long enough to give the offense a chance to get their shit together. Yeah, I I, I would um, have to disagree. I, I, I think as a team, um, you know, the offense obviously looked pretty bad, but I feel like we, we deserve to win this game. Um, I feel like penalties really made it to where, um, first of all, that touchdown, um, they probably would have scored in there in the red zone, the, obviously that uh, touchdown drive by San Francisco, but that was clear OPI on uh, Debo Samuel. Um, there was uh, another play, I can't remember, it was like super controversial, people were talking about, um, that just completely screwed us over. Um, I'm having a brain fart, I can't remember it. But um, there was just like really some really questionable calls. Also, the uh, the, Josie, the Joey Bosa clearly stuck, extended his leg to um, trip Russell Wilson there. Or um, Nick Bosa, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Nick Bosa, thank you. And um, then there were so many drives where I thought we were going to be able to convert, and then a defense happens, and it sets us. There were so many third and longs today. It's outrageous. We'll get to how poor our offense um, did today. We'll jump into the stats and everything. But um, I felt like if the defense played this well today um, and did just look like abs- like 1,000% the best defense in the league against a high, um, highly – uh, thought of Kyle Shanahan's offense, and um, you know it was it's harder to go up against Jimmy G in this uh, system than it would have been for Trey Lance. And the way that they played today, and you know got it done when we needed to get get it done. And the Russell Wilson was finally cooking and was finally running the ball on um, I believe it was the second to last drive or the third to last uh, drive if you're still counting whenever we were kneeling the ball. But um. I, I mean, I thought the offense looked terrible, but they got it done when they needed to in the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter uh, magic came to life. Um, obviously, Melvin Gordon had that touchdown, but he fumbled twice. Uh, I 1,000% want to see him gone from this team after this year. Like, let's let's hope we can get some production out of him um, this year. But, God, he nearly fumbled the game away twice. Like, that shit, that shit pissed me off. But I thought this team did enough to uh, – to get this win 1000%. Um, well, and, and you know, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. It's more or less just of a, um, I don't really know how to phrase this properly. Uh, you know, I mean, you're supposed to dominate in all three phases, phases of the yeah. game. Not, obviously you're never going to get perfect performances on any three phases, but you, I mean, at least you want to, you, you want to have a head up in each phase of the game, and that's how you know that's how you win football games cons- uh, consistently. Uh, this was one of the worst. I mean, and I even uh, this may seem a little bit to some people, but I mean, there were times in this game where I was saying or thinking to myself, I I, I really feel like this team is three and zero, and even leading in this game with Pat Shermer, um, with Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio, I. You know, uh, and obviously, I mean, the defense, there's no complaints there, obviously. But um, from an offensive standpoint, I mean, it was absolutely atrocious. And I, I actually, um, my memory could be could be wrong, but I think this is actually one of the one of the worst, if not the worst offensive performance I've watched from the Broncos. 
I mean, even since before the, I mean, even since before the Joe Flacco, Drew Locke era. Um, and this, me doing my agenda pushing, I mean, I, I'm a hundred. I, I mean, we just could not, n- nothing worked tonight. I mean, quarter. Um, and, and you know, that that we were able to figure things out when it mattered. But as far as my overall, uh, overall feeling of this team uh, combining all three phases, I feel absolutely awful. I feel worse than I have every single week. You know, the, uh, the one thing that we slammed Hackett for the first two weeks of the season was uh, it was the game management and the fundamental aspects of the game that we were having issues with. And this week it was the exact opposite. Uh, I mean, of course, yeah, penalties still killed a lot of those drives. But those were, uh, um, you know, I, I don't even, th- I don't think we had a single delay of game all game long, did we? Um, no, I believe, yeah, no, no, no. I watched so many games today that I do remember uh, delay games, but those are from other games. Um, yeah, no, for the Broncos, no, we had uh, no delay delay of games. Yeah, and you know, and uh, I mean, obviously, still, I think there were some still definitely some questionable decisions from Hackett, but calling was just absolutely atrocious tonight. Um, Russ wasn't finding anything. Russ didn't look comfortable at all. Uh, One thing, and you know, one thing I've, I've definitely noticed uh, with this offense, which has kind of struck me as weird is that, I mean, you know, when Russ sees pressure, when he knows he doesn't have anything, uh, he does not hesitate to take off. And uh, it almost seems like he's been really, really hesitant to, to scramble and get out of the pocket. Um, yeah. I noticed, and that leads me to think, you know, I mean, and I, I can't understand why Russ would, ch- uh, why Russ would just kind of decide to change his, uh, I wouldn't say playing style, but, you know, the, I mean, that's just one aspect of the game that he has had no problem going to uh, when he in Seattle. And uh, he seemed very hesitant, and all, and not, and not just tonight. All three games so far, he seemed very hesitant to get out of the pocket. Um, and that leads me to believe that this is more of a structure, uh, structural, and a playing issue uh, than it is a rust problem. Uh, yeah, and I was thinking, I was thinking about that too. Um, like the first two games, like you said, in the first half. You see wide open lanes where you have gaps uh, by the guards where he can just pick up five yards or even find a first down. Um, even on that little pitch uh, toss he had to Melvin, um, that w- that was like pretty. It looked like a Mahomes kind of play. He still had a running lane. He could have picked up the first down. Um, but and then in the it just out of nowhere, like you said, in the fourth quarter, he starts using his legs, and we finally put put together a really solid drive. Um, and obviously score our only touchdown in the game. And I've been saying quarterbacks find so much success um, and they confuse defenses so much when they can use their legs because the defense has to account for that and it throws off their whole game plan. And, and you know, whenever defenses do come into a game, knowing a quarterback uh, can Russ, like we all know Russ can, um, you know, you have to change your whole game plan. You have to use a spy on him for the whole game. And then that also – uh, makes you lack in certain areas of coverage. Um, I just feel like it's a lot smarter to have your quarterback run at times. I understand the whole thing. 
um, Nathaniel Hackett and George Payton made it pretty obvious that they they gave up all this uh, these assets and all you know, all this uh, you know money in their contract for Russell Wilson that they don't want him to get hurt. Um, they obviously have key backup uh, players in the interior, um, you know, insurance plans uh, so they can protect well for Russ, which you know obviously did not go their way today, um, but. They've, they made it pretty clear that they don't want Russ to get hurt. And so my kind of stance on this and why, why I think it kind of just changed out of nowhere, I think Russ honestly just took things uh, his way in that fourth quarter and just said, not necessarily said, you know, screw you, Hackett, but I'm going to do my way. I'm going to do things my way this drive, and I'm going to put together a scoring drive. He ran the ball. He uh, started calling audibles at the line of scrimmage. And resulted, in, he he called an audible and threw that beautiful back shoulder fade to um, Sutton in the red zone. Um, we finally scored in the red zone. That was so, so awesome to see. And I believe that's because Russ rallied this offense. I don't think it's because Hackett rallied this offense. I thought Russ did an incredible job in that fourth uh, end of that fourth quarter. Um, I think he just kind of did things his way, if I'm being honest. Um, so yeah, I I definitely could agree with you on there. I think it's um. The, I think it's uh, Hackett kind of being nervous with uh, Russ, you know, being on the older side now. He isn't, he doesn't have that younger, uh, fast, fresh set of legs like he did in his uh, in his early years in Seattle. But um, I think, you know, I think if you're trading for Russell Wilson and you know you're, he's capable of picking up uh, big chunks of yardage with his legs and extending plays this way, we saw him. We, we saw some uh, some few plays with him tonight where he just extended plays, booked, uh, sacks, and just made some incredible throws. And we were like, yeah, I want to I see more of this if we just let Russ, you know, let Russ cook, like everybody's saying. Um, I, yeah, I think it's more of a, um, not solely a Nathaniel Hackett problem, but like you said, just the structure of the offense and how they're just uh, being too, too nervous and uh, want to protect Russ, which I don't blame them, but. I feel at times if you're training for someone with Russ, with his skill set, you, you just have to, you just have to let him be him. Exactly. You know, and I, I think that's a great point, you know, just going, I, I think that's what almost decided this game in a sense, you know, and that's the thing. Russ has always been, uh, I feel that Russ is at his best when he's playing, uh, maybe not out of structure, but he excels in that area. And I think, uh, and obvious, I mean, obviously something went wrong off or many things went wrong offensively throughout the course of this game. Uh, and I think Russ is just trying too hard to stay in structure when the play breaks mm -hmm. down, get out of the pocket and run or, you know, make something happen. Just like that yeah. one, uh, you know, the one throw he had to, that, that amazing throw he had to uh, Kendall Hinton. You yeah. Know, that, that was incredible. That was him getting out of the pocket, improvising and, not really throwing a prayer down. I mean, that was a beautiful ball. Um, I mean, he, you know, but he, he got out of the pocket. He improvised. The play broke down. That was a lost play. And uh, he made something out of it that ended up being a game-changing play. Uh, and I, that's where I just, that's where I'm so concerned with this offense, you know. And, of course, it's great that the offense stepped up when it mattered, but, um and, and again, I, I guess that's just, you know, I, the same story as last week. It was, this was just absolutely a, an awful offensive, uh, offensive showing, but we somehow were able to get it together last minute and uh, get the W. But 
I mean, I just can't say that I have really any confidence in this offensive unit going forward. And I'm hoping that maybe that last drive um, is, I, I, I mean, things definitely clicked there. So I'm hoping that we can maybe take some of that momentum into next week. But even then, I, I struggle I struggle to believe that we will. Uh, I mean, because even if you look back at the Houston game, uh, I mean, the offense was abysmal all game long. And then, you know, fourth quarter, uh, or actually, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure if that touchdown was, was in the fourth quarter or not, but you know, towards the end, uh, the offense figured things out and, uh, and then we saw an abysmal, another abysmal performance this week. So, um, you know, and one thing, one thing I will say is, you know, the, uh, I believe the 49ers came into, came into this game being the best defense in the league, mm-hmm. uh, if not one of the best. And uh, I mean, and I, you know, I didn't expect us to go out there and light it up, but I expected a hell of a lot better than what we saw today. Uh, I mean, just what, what was the product put out on the field offensively today is just absolutely unacceptable. Um, and I, I have to, I have to say through uh, it, and I, I really just can't believe I'm saying this, but I can't out on Hackett, but I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely close. Leaning uh, that direction. Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, I, yeah, I'm definitely leaning in that direction. Uh, you know, and it, it just sucks because what have we been talking about for the past two weeks? Uh, you know, the play calling's been okay. The offense is moving the ball, uh, but it's been fundamental stuff, game management, things, things of that sort. And then this week, it's the exact opposite. We get all those issues cleaned up, and then we just can't move the ball to save our lives. Uh, and then uh, another uh, another point I want to touch on uh, is, yes, get Melvin off this team. Uh, I mean, I, I pray to God that this is his last season here. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's no shade towards Melvin personally, but um, I, I, the dude just cannot hold on to the ball. Yeah, and I was right I, about I, to say that. I, I don't know what it is with him either, but it, it's only in crucial situations. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's so annoying, bro. It's always in the most crucial situations. Like, people will be like, oh, yeah, Javante has, like, the same amount of fumbles. Okay, but he doesn't, uh, you know, given that one fumble in the Seattle game at the end in the red zone, but Melvin did the same exact thing. Melvin always fumbles in the worst situations. I don't know if it's, a, like, a nerve thing or just, like, he forgets how to grip a football correctly in, you know, crucial moments of football games, but, like, it's out of hand, man. Like, it, no, pun, it no pun intended, but, like, it's out of hand. It, it is, and I'm glad that you made that point, just saying it's out of hand because this is exactly what I've been saying since Melvin has been on this team. It's absolutely – I mean, and, and, of course, yeah, a fumble here, a fumble there. After the – you know, after a season's over, people don't look at it and be like, oh, yeah, those were really costly. But, uh, you know, I mean, look back at last year. I, I mean, I don't want to get off topic here, but look back at last year, the Eagles game the fumble recovery for the touchdown. I, I mean, I can't mm-hmm. say Melvin lost us that game single-handedly, but we were, I mean, we were driving down the field finally after an abysmal o- offensive performance all game long, finally driving down the field and getting momentum. Uh, and then he fumbles that. And then after that, I don't think we scored another point or no, we scored a field goal. We lost 31 to 13. And 
I mean, in the, after that fumble, the Eagles just absolutely embarrassed us. Yeah, and I still feel like he choked us that week the 18 game. game against the Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. And he, and I he mean, almost almost lost us the uh, Commanders game. I, well, exactly. You know, uh, the, and the the Chiefs game. I mean, and that is a game you can point to and say he single handedly lost us that game. Yeah, and obviously, and I, you know. Uh, and I, well, we didn't have a pick in the draft this year, so I can't really say that it benefited us much, but, um, I mean, it was a meaningless game. We were already out of playoff contention, but it's the fact of, uh, I mean, now look at it this year. This is a team that I still think can have playoff expectations. Um, I don't want to get too, too ahead of ourselves. I'm sure we'll talk about playoffs and things of that sort later, but. Um, I mean, I think th- I think this is a team that can still, if, if things get cleaned up uh, and we can perform offensively on a consistent basis, this is a team that has playoff aspirations. And if you look at that Chiefs game last year, yeah, sure, it was meaningless. Uh, but what if we're in the same position this year? I mean, you know, what? and last year, what if that was a game that was like win and get in, win and get yeah. into the playoffs? Uh and I feel like just because situationally some of these times that Melvin has fumbled, it hasn't ended up mattering, but it's like, what if it did? I, and I'm, I am huge on hypotheticals and what ifs because yeah, sure. And the only, you know, now we have a team that's ready to compete now. And uh, I mean, you just don't have, you, you don't have room for things like that. That's abs. Uh, fumbling in those moments is absolutely it's 100 percent uh it's 100 percent something that i think is perfectly justifiable to not bring melvin back and that's the that's the unfortunate thing about melvin because i think melvin can be a really really effective back um you know it it, my only complaint with him is the fumbles yeah Uh, i mean all in all, all in all it's it's just sad that um as broncos fans um, you have such a great potential running back duo, um, but every time your three, four million dollar running back gets the ball, um, we all just like are scared anxiety. shitless. Yeah, we all get anxiety. It, it shouldn't be like that when, especially when he's getting paid um, three, four million dollars this year, um, and you know the the expectations were that he you know improved that this off season, and it's it's an issue that not too many running backs have. Um, and he's a veteran, and it's still extreme issues for him. And he's fumbled, I believe, three times now through three weeks. That's you know, absolutely I, insane. You know, and Mo, he, I mean, he's a known fumbler. Uh, you know, th- it's not like he's having a rough season or it's something that has just recently come up. Melvin has he, he has uh, been known for fumbling their career. Uh, yeah. I th- he he kind of started to figure it out later in his career when he was still with uh, L.A., but even then, uh, I mean, and then it's gotten it's been just as bad as it was at its peak with with Denver, and you just can't have that when you have fumbles like that, and especially uh, in the worst moments of the game. I mean, like, I really hope we're not having a conversation and. Uh, in four months talking about how we missed the playoffs because of a singular Melvin Gordon fumble in a late game situation. Um, and I mean, I, I, I again, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but that just goes like the point I'm trying to make here 
is, yeah, his fumbles don't seem like a huge deal right now. But midseason, I mean, like, the, it, it, it's already an issue. I don't want to be in the situation where we actually have to reap the consequences of it. Yeah, I think it may come to the uh, situation where um, the coaching staff may need to consider benching Melvin just because it's too it's too big of a risk to be a uh, you know coaches all the time uh, talk about how costly turnovers are um, it could you know flip the entire momentum of the game um, and that can you know change the course of your season so um, if these be continue to be a reoccurring issue which they have for Melvin Gordon as the uh, course of his career is um, progressed. Um, then, yeah, we may need to look into uh, benching him and, you know, giving Mike Boone the ball because Mike Boone balled out in the preseason and camp. So, you know, why not? Um, also, Javante Williams to the moon. Exactly, you know, and that's a great point. And I, th- I think what's uh, I think what would be actually a, a really good proposal is uh, I think cause I, I really do believe Javante is capable of getting touches and carries than he is yeah um, I think he can handle it for sure for sure and you know of course I I, th- I think it's definitely great I obviously running room uh doesn't live up to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt but I I, I do think we have something similar um and like I said Melvin can be a very very effective back uh out just you know it's the the fumbling is is his only issue um and I, I really do th- – I, I would really be interested to see something in the likes of maybe like Javante getting 70% of the carries and uh, Melvin Gordon, and yeah, splitting the remaining 30%. Uh, I, I actually do think that would be a really useful proposal. Um, and I, I just – and then, too, uh, one, one last thing I want to touch on with Melvin, and this kind of ties into Hackett. Um, uh, and I obviously, I, I guess you can't complain too much because it worked out. But still, um, I'm a huge person on, you know, sentiment. Just because it worked out doesn't mean it was the right decision. Uh, because something doesn't work out doesn't mean it was the incorrect decision. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, what the fuck are you doing giving Melvin the ball? Uh, on the goal line. I just, what are you doing? You have Javante Williams. Um, You know, not only is Javante 10 times more reliable with uh, holding on to the football, but two, he is the back to have in that situation. I mean, Javante is made for goal line carries. (laughs) You know, it feels, and you know, we always say this, all the time. Um, I'm a huge Javante Williams fan and all I can speak for all Broncos country. Every time we see Javante get the rock, it feels like he's breaking tackle, at least two tackles. I mean, look at that when we were, they pinned us down at the one with that, by the way, perfect punt. Um, kudos to them. Um, they, we give the ball to Javante in the first play and this dude's like, he, this dude evades like two tackles. Like it's nothing and picks up like eight, seven, eight yards. I'm just like, dude, if, if Melvin Gordon or any other NFL running back is in that situation, they're only picking up like two, three yards. This dude, this dude makes makes breaking breaking tackles like nothing. He, I mean, you if you can if just the thought of me like seeing him, you know, like you said, get seventy percent of the carries touches, 
that'd be that'd be it'd be insane um i do i do personally um value you know uh the running game a lot on offenses i think it's great to have two uh phenomenal running backs um but at some point you do have to weigh okay you know melvin's uh, ball carrier vision is outstanding obviously better than javante's um he, he has a very uh he has a very good um awareness as a ball carrier and then your your other uh your other hand tells you okay his fumbling is a huge damn issue and also you have Javante freaking Williams who you traded up for in the second round so at some point and I think um I'm, I could personally tell you Broncos fans that Javante Williams will be the bell cow of this team eventually um but for now I think they're being um I would say smart in the instance of, you know, not putting too much pressure on your young back early in his career. Um, and I think they're just kind of, kind of gave Melvin a small payday to, you know, make up for that uh, moving forward. You know, and, yeah. And that's, you know, I, I think uh, just Javante in general, I mean, this is kind of a pointless point to me, but, you know, I mean, just, appreciate appreciate that dude i mean mm-hmm. i i this uh we're so, we're so I, lucky to have him exactly you know and i it's hard to explain because uh you know no he's not as explosive as uh christian mccaffrey um he's not or saquon barkley you know he's not uh he's not their level of explosive but i i really do believe that I mean, if, if he was getting the workload that those guys get, I really do believe that he could – I think we could see him being mentioned in the same conversations that we see those guys in. And I, I would say that Javante is probably maybe – I don't know if this is a hot take, but um, I mean, definitely uh, my favorite Denver back to watch But uh, in, in all of my years of watching football. But uh, yeah. I, I would say Javante Williams is easy uh visually pleasing running back to watch he's just such a pure runner and i mean like obviously i, I it's not really fair to make the comparison because they're two, two uh completely different types of backs but and you know melvin's elusive and has a great vision javante just runs people that right the fuck over um you know but i mean if you look at just run the scenario through your head a few times when you're watching games you know if you look at certain plays it's like you know if that's melvin that's we're getting stuffed for like five to six yards right there and then javante i mean he takes plays that should be stuffed for like a loss of five to six yards and at least gets us back to the line of scrimmage yeah even with the i feel like the offensive line will be pretty shitty sometimes on his runs too Exactly. You know, and that's, I mean, I, it's, it's almost weird. I almost find myself like cheering for Javante when he gets like a one or a two yard gain on a play that should have been a loss of five, five or six yards. And then, I mean, on a play that should have been a four or five yard gain, he turns it into a 12 to 13 yard gain. I mean, he just can extend plays is just, just absolutely. I mean, it's unlike anything I've ever watched, you know, just his ability to break tackles like that is just, I mean, it's crucial to this offense. And I mean, if it wasn't for him, I mean, and I, I think that's kind of been the story through the first three weeks is just Javante and the defense. 
if it wasn't for them, I, I full-heartedly believe we would be 0-3 right now. Yeah, he's he's such a, like, we have our players on our offense, obviously, that are super reliable, like Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Javante. I think those are our most reliable uh, players right there. Um, and oh, then you have the sure. guy. Yeah, and then you have our guys that are super high ceiling, but they make mistakes at times, like Judy, um, Bowles. Bowles will make mistakes at times, but whenever he's, you know, he's locked in, he's top tackle in the game. But um, aside from that, you know, exactly what you're saying is what I always tell to non-Broncos fans that always ask me, you know, who's your favorite player? It's Javante Williams, man. I've been watching him way back since his uh, North Carolina days, and I was rooting so much for us uh, uh go get him in the draft. He was like literally one of my top uh, draft prospects and uh, we got him and, you know, it just shows he just, everything that you said, you know, right on point, he's a huge, uh, he's a huge um, reliable player for us on that offense. Um, when you expect him to do nothing, he, he's doing, you know, five, he's gaining five more yards than you expect. Um, so I'm, we're just so lucky to have him on here um, that, you know, that's, that's our uh, Javante and uh, Melvin rant right there. Um <laughs> And so, um, obviously, some takeaways from today's game. Um, now we can kind of we, – we already touched a little bit on the negatives, but uh, eight three and outs for the Broncos offense today. Absolutely horrific, just completely, utterly, utterly terrible. Um, and I, I do believe that, that that does play into uh, Nathaniel Hackett's play calling today. Um, like you said, the uh, – the penalties got that they got better today. That's good to see. Um, obviously, there were still some penalties called, but also there were still penalties missed on the you know the Niners, which really was super aggravating. I was getting livid by that. Um, just terrible to see uh, the the refs kind of you know lifting the Niners there. But um, also, Pat Pastor Tan is him. He's literally um, he's literally right there in like the top five corner conversation, in my opinion. That's you can you can call that a hot take, but this dude is not giving up shit. He is uh, him, Hemothy. He's he's incredible. Not in the conversation. He is a top five corner. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, third down, third down uh, conversions were a huge factor in today's game. I think there were like, um, I'm not, I don't know if off the top of my head, but I was, I think there were only like five between both teams today. Um, that might be off, but that's that feels like how much there were. Like at one point, the the Niners were like oh they they were like oh for seven. Like the Niners, the only way they were able to move the ball today was on first or second down. And once we after they scored that uh, touchdown drive, our defense was just so stellar on first and second down that they weren't able to do anything on third down because they're it looked like they're just from someone who hasn't watched many Niners games, it looks like they, they just cannot convert on third down to save their life. Um, but you know, the, the Broncos are the same way today. As a Niners fan, you're probably like, holy cow, they have Russell Wilson and they can't convert these third downs. Um, that penalties were a huge factor in this. I like I talked about early on um, the, the penalties kept setting them back. Um, Russell Wilson kept taking sacks today. Um, I would say he was, he did take a few sacks, but um and those are because of coverage sacks. I felt like Russ in the first half was holding on the ball too long. But also the offensive line was abysmal, horrific today. Um, they had one good drive where they were uh, creating good lanes for Javante Williams. But besides, aside from that, they were just completely, utterly awful today. I thought through the first two weeks they looked solid. 
Um, and I was very con- that I, I we talked about this on the podcast. My number one concern for the season was the offensive line, and up till today they looked really good. But tonight they finally had a bad game. Um, who would have known though that you know our our number one concern actually ended up becoming Nathaniel Hackett and uh, this play calling. Yeah, you know, and uh, and but before I get on Hackett again, uh, mm-hmm. I, I made the you know. They looked solid the first, or the O line looked solid throughout the first two weeks, and then you know tonight they, I mean they, they got mauled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but their uh, Niners D line is super good. Yeah, you know, and that's I mean obviously you want to be able to compete with the best of the best, but that was, and that that was what led me to be so hesitant about tonight just in general is uh you know like you can get away and just like we talked about on the pre like on the on the the pregame show you know uh you can get away with like all of those uh issues that we've had in the past two games you can get away with that shit against the texans and the seahawks and and i mean and well shit we weren't even able to get away with it against them uh but you know it's real easy to look solid against the seahawks and the texans and i mean i mean name name me one player on their d-line and like off the top of your head you know uh, figured that they were they were going to struggle a lot more tonight. And actually, I mean, you know, they they did get mauled, but I I actually thought it was going to look a lot worse than it did. Um, yeah, but, I was expecting Nick Bosa to go crazy, but he didn't he didn't really do much. Yeah, uh, he did have some good pressures though. Well, yeah, he was. He didn't get yeah. home. Okay, but, that was uh, a really mismatch from him and uh, Cam Fleming. Yeah. You know, and I and I mean, you know, that's I mean, it's real easy to look solid against the Seahawks. Um, yeah. And I I will say though, um, you know, I, I I can't complain too much. I I still think the O line is solid, and and that that's been my opinion on the yeah. O line, is uh, you know, it's solid, and it's you know, I think they're gonna have their games when we're going up against bad teams, but um and I'll give it to him because this was, we, we just played one of the best defensive lines, if not the best defensive line in football. Exactly. And, uh, and I mean, it, it was rough, but um, for the best defensive line in football, I, I like, I thought it would look a lot worse, uh, you know, and when Russell Wilson's your quarterback, I mean, even though he looked awful for most of the night, I thought, uh, I, how many times did he get sacked officially? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? No, uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Um, he, I can um, actually look at this. Uh, I it, was... it was like four or five, right? But, you know, and, and I mean, uh, continuing, uh, I mean, I, 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 and I was actually really, uh, really. He uh, was sacked four times. Four times. Yes. You know, and I, I mean, you don't really want to see that, but that's better than it could be. Uh, you know, and uh, I, I mean, in the running game, I mean, again, obviously the offense uh, couldn't convert on really anything all game long until the fourth quarter. But there were some drives where the running game was working. It was get, like we were getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one thing that Hackett really, uh, really screwed up in this game with is diversifying the play calling, uh, because I, I felt like at some times he just got too predictable. And then at other times it was just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Um, you know, and I, I just, I don't really have a lot of positive things to say about him. I actually, 
even a lot more negative than previous weeks. But, um, you know, I, as far as the offensive line goes, I thought tonight was almost encouraging in ways because if, if we were able to at least find ourselves some lanes and give Russ, give Russ some time in the pocket, um, or and it, it, at least even holding up to the point time to get out of the pocket in the fourth quarter, I mean, that is encouraging to me because we aren't going to play many teams like the, the Niners. Uh, and, uh, and obviously we, you know, the O-line was good enough. Uh, I, th- I think what was uh, an abysmal offensive performance, I think it would have been a lot worse uh, ha- had we allowed more sacks. And, yeah, and uh, if you look at the if you look at the overall picture, we did have four sacks on our side as well. So if you just look at the matchup altogether, um, it wasn't like a dominant um, showing. Uh, if that if that makes it uh, better in any way, not but yeah, not by any means, not dominant. But I I think they did just enough, you know, and I I think that's definitely encouraging against one of the better. I mean, that's probably the best at that position group you're gonna see all season. Um, so. I- that aspect of it was encouraging. Um, but man, I, I just aside from that, and then obviously court, uh, Russ and court coming up when it matters, uh, Hinton with a huge catch. But I mean, aside from that, I mean, just where do we go with this offense? So I, that's I, where I, that's where, sorry, that's where I want to, um, kind of talk about Russell Wilson here. Uh, we, we touched on the running game. We touched on offensive line. We touched on defense. So now we got to talk about Russell Wilson. Um, stat line tonight was 20 of 33, 184 yards, zero yards. Uh, I'm sorry, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. A very unlike Russell Wilson stat sheet. In fact, that looks like Russell Wilson if he was, uh, if he like left at halftime and didn't play for the rest of the game. Um, Russell Wilson did not, was not able to get anything done through the passing game, uh, much in that first half at all. Um, I thought D'Amico Ryans had a great game plan and set for him. Um, he wasn't able to look downfield much at all. Um, I kind of pointed this out in the Seahawks game, and it really showed tonight. Um, he just doesn't look like – and I, I don't want to overreact. I love Russell Wilson. I think he showed in that the final five minutes that he can still be, you know, a magical um, special quarterback for us, um, and I think he will be. But I just feel like right now he doesn't look like Russell Wilson. Uh, the Russell Wilson that we know. And this kind of ties into uh, what we were talking about early on, like is is Nathaniel Hackett and this offensive scheme allowing him to do that? And they were kind of talking about in the beginning of um, the broadcast, you know, whenever uh, um, the head coach for um, Matt LaFleur for, you know, um, Green Bay, they first, uh, you know, had that new offense for Aaron Rodgers and he kind of had to adjust to it. And he, it took him a few weeks to finally get into his rhythm. And, you know, next thing you know, he wins back to back MVP. So maybe it's one of those things. Um, I definitely think it will take time, but he didn't look like himself um, until that uh, final, you know, those final moments of the fourth quarter. Um, And that was definitely not encouraging to see. Um, I just, it's, it's one of those things where as a fan, you want your head coach and your offensive scheme to maximize the most of your quarterback. And I just feel like they, they haven't been able to capitalize uh, that way first few weeks of the season. Exactly. You know, and that, that is, uh, you know, Hackett's been saying that this offense is just completely based off of uh, what Russ is comfortable with, but, you know, I mean, it, it 
Like, I mean, at least for my observations on the field the past three weeks, it, it actually kind of seems like it's been the exact opposite. Um, yeah. Just did, I mean, did not look comfortable at all tonight, except on that uh, on that final drive, that final scoring drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's here and there, but I, I just, you know, there was nothing about uh, Russ tonight that made me feel uh like he like he proved uh white like he he proved he was uh worth two first second round picks um, you know and i just and you know yeah it's great last season though he, he was great last season i i just i don't see how you can have a uh i don't that hard of a fall off, so, and I, I know Twitter and social media is buzzing right now, thinking that Russell Wilson is washed, and I, I just I don't think that's the case at all. Oh, I'm already seeing it. Every, I'm already seeing it everywhere. It's yeah, outrageous. I don't think that's the case at all. I think this was. I think tonight was a was a case of absolutely atrocious offensive play calling, uh, personnel issues, and to and you know like the Niners' defense is just good. Uh, and that, that, that's my oh, thing, yeah. you know, I, I did just to go out there and just like light it up for 30 points, but I also didn't expect it to be this bad. Um, and so I, and obviously I guess, you know, just we keep saying, I'm glad that they got it done when it mattered, but, uh, concerns for this offense going forward are long and, uh, I, I just, I don't really know where we go from here. Uh, I guess at this point, you just have to say, I hope they get it figured out because um, at this point, at this point, uh, an offense that is just not acceptable, acceptable regardless, regardless of who you're playing with. And uh, I, I just, hey, shit, it's almost like they need to go back and watch some, uh, rewatch some film from week one because, yeah, we, that was an absolutely atrocious game offensively in terms of like fumbling and the fundamental aspect, but as far as the play calling and just moving the ball, well, I mean, we, we looked great all game long from start to finish. So, you know, it, it's just hard for me to, any uh, optimism or enthusiasm about this offense going forward until I have, uh, have any, uh, yeah, this this offense, um, they need to, they definitely have to get it together. Um, there's some, there's definitely some improvement and work that needs to be done. Um, so we, like you said, um, thankfully the there wasn't any game management issues tonight, um, at least from what I've seen. Um, that that improved in that area. I'm really glad to see that. That's something that we can, uh, you know, hopefully it doesn't reappear, but. Um, from tonight's uh, game, um, you know, Kyle Shanahan actually made a, mis- uh, a huge uh, game management mistake in um, not letting, uh, instead of, um, you know, that one play, he had declined the penalty and gave McManus a 55-yarder, and he nailed it. So, um, that you know, that was good to see. Um, but just this offense as a whole, and even going back to Russ, um, in that first half, he did look pretty inaccurate, and it was frustrating um, as a fan to see um, I know a lot of Broncos fans want to see Russ, you know, be this, you know, hero where you're just launching moon balls and just left and right, you know, hitting his uh, passes right on point accurately. 
Um, and tonight we just didn't see that out of him minus the one drive. So um, there's work that needs to be done on all facets of that offense. Um, and thankfully, you know, we're not seeing this late in the season. We're seeing it early in the season so that we can improve. And thankfully, you know, in these two games where it was super, super close, uh, we at least got the dub. And that's at the end of the day, that's the important part, you know, the win column. So, you know, we got these wins. Uh, really, we should, like you said, we should be sitting at 3-0. and um, I believe the Dolphins, I believe the Dolphins are only uh, undefeated team in the NFL, right? Shit, you might be right. I... Yeah, so that that's kind of crazy because usually we see every year there's around oh, like three no, the Eagles. Oh, yes, the Eagles, the Eagles. Um, yeah, we could talk about the Eagles for a while. They, they look legit 100%. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how much Jalen Hurts is uh, molded into a franchise QB so quickly. But um, aside from that, we really should be with the Dolphins and the Eagles in the 3-0 conversation. Um, obviously, if we were 3-0, so many fans would be calling us frauds. Um, and, you know, to be fair, if um, you know, at 2-1, um, it fairly easily could be – we could be 0-3. So this team has lots of improvement um, that needs to be done. Um, you know, defense, I think it's there. We have, we have that set in stone on um, the special teams, by the way, holy cow, Dwayne Stukes, kudos to you and that special teams. You guys got it done. Um, Corliss Waitman had a punt 10 times tonight. Um, but six of them were inside the, uh, inside the 20. So obviously, uh, one of his first punts looked pretty bad, but you know, the rest of the night, given the fact that, you know, as a first time starting punter, he, uh, he nailed six out of 10 punts in the 20. He, I, you know, I'll give it to him. He, he was asked to do a lot tonight and he looked, he looked pretty solid. Um, exactly. and, you know, special team. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say Alex Singleton and Aaron Patrick, they're monsters on special teams. We need to extend, uh, you know, extend them just for the sole purpose of uh, special teams, uh, um, you know, impact. Oh, for sure. And you think I kind of underrated from the game today is, uh, I mean, special teams came to play. And I, mm-hmm. I, I that's another that's I another thing I, I haven't touched on is, you know, uh, obviously we don't win without the stellar performance, but I also don't think we're even competitive our special teams performance. Uh, and I, I think that really mattered. And, I, you know, when it comes to, like, close, just horribly sloppy games like this, um, and I, this almost reminded me of the, the – not- off game last year in ways uh you know it's kind of crazy it's because it seems like you know and i i would say a good percentage of time special teams doesn't have that that but when like during games like these this is where you see the impact of uh you know and as well I, i think that we could have probably a lot more offensive success or at least put up a little bit more points if uh getting pinned down as we were and then uh we were pinning them down inside their own 20 regularly so i i mean i i that's another thing i think uh part of uh the defensive performance and then to the offense uh and there were a few drives where they put us in good field position and we unfortunately weren't able on it, but uh, you know, it obviously it, off still struggling, but it's a, it, it's at least nice to see that we're dying and 
the other two phases of the game. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to wrap uh, today's post-game episode, uh, wrap up today's post-game episode. Um, you know, for Broncos fans, the special teams and defense looks really solid. We have two uh, head coaches who have, um, you know, Super Bowl rings, and they know what it they know what it takes to put together, um, you know, good performances. As we can see, it, they, those two parts of the team just looks really solid. And you know what they say: defenses uh, win championships. So we really just got to get this offense thing together. And I've seen so many people say, and I I agree, if we can get this thing going on offense, we could find chemistry. And we can get this scheme going. We can let Russ cook and establish the running game, um, like it, you know, like it should be. We are going to be a dangerous team, and this is just the beginning. Um, th- you know, this is just the beginning. We have so many more uh, matchups coming with you know AFC contenders. Um, it's just the beginning of the season too. Um, not just this uh, Hackett Wilson era, but just the beginning of the season. So there's still so much more uh, experience. Um, and, you know, lessons to be learned by this team. Um, and, you know, I feel like a lot of people thought that Wilson and Hackett were just going to be able to come in here and right off the bat just have everything down. Everything's going to be perfect. We were just going to start, you know, pouring in on teams. But this is the NFL, you know. Um, there, There's going to be, like I said, there's going to learn learning that needs to be done. Um, there's going to be work that needs to be done to make this relationship a solid one. Um, you know, between uh, Wilson and Hackett and, you know, make this offense uh, flourish. But, you know, one encouraging thing is uh, Azir Overo, the first year defensive coordinator, first time calling uh, plays, uh, defensive plays at the NFL level is just absolutely, you know, doing so well, even with uh, key injuries. Um, Justin Simmons wasn't even out there tonight and we were able to do so well. Kareem Jackson stepped up big time. Um, Jonas Griffith still made plays. Um, Josie Jewell. Man, he was so big for that defense tonight. So I think that's where we can um, wrap up this episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening. Um, just want you to guys to be positive. Um, you know, keep a positive lookout on the future for this team. Um, there's still many, you know, still many more games to be played. And so I hope you guys can, uh, you know, st- uh, stick with us on this podcast, listen to more episodes. Um, if you haven't, uh, we still have, you know, interviews out with uh, Deshaun Williams, Quinn Miners, um, Alexander Johnson, and many more Broncos to come. So if you guys want to stick with us, make sure to uh, follow on Broncos, um, follow the Broncos Avenue podcast on Spotify and Apple podcasts and um, Amazon music as well. Um, and anchor so uh, make sure you guys follow leave a rating Um, be sure to uh, you know stay tuned we got we got plenty more episodes coming Um, hope you guys enjoyed uh, Broncos country let's ride